0: Welcome to Membership Maker, the podcast about how to build a sustainable membership business. I'm your host, Ward Sandler, the co-founder of Memberspace. This podcast is brought to you by Memberspace, which turns any part of your existing website into members only with just a few clicks. It's available for WordPress, Squarespace, Wix, Duda, Webflow, Weebly, Notion, HubSpot, and custom HTML websites. Learn more at Memberspace.com. Okay. Welcome, everybody. Today, I'm talking with Matt Ingla, the founder of Tilted Pixel, an agency specializing in growing membership sites. Matt's agency has worked with numerous six- and seven-figure membership sites and has a deep playbook on what works and what doesn't in the membership space. Matt, welcome to the Membership Maker Podcast.
1: Thanks so much for having me on, Ward. Yeah, sure thing. All right. So, Converting
0: members is vital for the long-term success of a membership. And we know that the process doesn't really finish after registration page, right? So a big concern for creators is how to convert members to higher tiers. What's your take on that?
1: Yeah, so there's a few things here. It all starts with setting up your tiers correctly though. So you're setting yourself up by success by actually taking the time to figure out what those tiers should be. And what happens is a lot of people do it as an afterthought so they'll set up the base membership you know you pay x dollars a month for a year and you get so so and so and they think to themselves well wouldn't it be nice if we had a higher tier and then they try to think of something that kind of sounds valuable that they could throw on there right so in addition to the membership site you get these bonus videos every month or access to this podcast or just more stuff And unfortunately, we live in a world that's very content-rich. Most people already have access to enough stuff. And what they're willing to pay for is a better solution to their problem or a solution to a more expensive problem. So when we think about creating tiers, and we've been able to do this for clients where we've really been able to move the needle on revenue, is to actually look at who your audience is and see if there are natural segments that your audience falls into. So the example I like to use, for example, is uh, car repair. So let's pretend you have a car repair membership site, and you realize after surveying your audience, talking to them, figuring out who they are, that there's actually two types of people. There's the weekend DIYers that just like to work on their car in their driveway and do stuff on it. And then there's actual like professional mechanics who are using it to get really detailed information on maybe like a obscure repairs or something. But the person that's the professional mechanic is actually making money off of this content, whereas the person that's DIYing their own car, they're just doing it to fix their own car, probably have some fun in the process. They're going to be a lot more price sensitive, and they're also going to have very different needs than the mechanic. For example, the DIYer just needs the basic repairs that you can do in your driveway. They're not going to be doing a transmission or an engine swap whereas the professional will be. So then you can start tearing it down, where at the base tier, you only get access to certain common models of cars. You know, you got your Fords, your GMCs, your Toyotas. As a professional, you get access to the more exotic things. As a standard membership, you get access to these repair guides. As a professional, you get access to these more advanced repair guides. And suddenly, you're not just trying to get someone to pay you more money because you want more money, you're actually splitting it based on who is receiving what type of value from the membership and how they're using it. And that is light years more effective.
0: Right. So I guess it kind of boils down to like the perceived value of the different segments of your of your members, of your customers, right? So like yeah, if they're If they're using your membership as something that they do uh, for fun on the weekends, you know, that's a certain amount of value to that. But if they're using your membership to make money professionally, they're naturally going to be willing to pay more for it. And they're naturally going to value it more and put a higher price tag on it because it's helping them make money. So that makes a lot of sense. I guess the one thing there that people would need to know, it's like, okay, that makes sense in theory. I think most people would agree with all of that. What if you don't know the segments of your customers, or it's not, you know, it's a little murky? It's like, yeah, I have some people that are kind of in this industry. I have some people kind of in that industry. Some are using it professionally. Some are, you know, aspirational. Like, how would you recommend people kind of figure out the different segments of customers that they have?
1: I'll tell you what we do for our clients. And we do two things. First of all, we survey their audience. And it sounds like the most obvious thing, but we also find people are almost never surveying their audience enough and really figuring out who it is that they are. So part of it is actually send the survey, and part of it is ask the right questions. So if you really don't know who they are, then you ask very open ended questions. You know, what is it that you do? Why did you buy the membership in the first place? And so on and on. Find the question set that's right for you. If you already kind of have an idea of what those buckets are and you're just trying to figure out the distribution, then you can start actually asking them, are you this, this or this? And they can self-select into one of those but get that survey out and start mining that data and like we we spend tons and tons of hours going through these surveys going through every single response categorizing them and drilling deep into the patterns that emerge and that's incredibly valuable to do whether you're hiring someone to do it or you're doing it yourself um, put into work And then the second thing that we do is usually after we send out a survey, then we actually do customer interviews. So we actually get people on the phone or on Zoom, and we have conversations about what their challenges and pain points are, how they use their site, and dig deeper and deeper into these problems. And by the time we've done all that, it's pretty much guaranteed that we found some patterns. It would be a very unusual business where everybody is different and there's absolutely nothing binding them together, like even take something incredibly general, like a business we all know, McDonald's, there's going to be a lot of different professionals in the drive through, right? They're all doing different things. They're all of all different ages. It's just an incredibly universal product. But what binds them all together is they're in a hurry and they probably want something cheap, fast and easy. And that's what binds them together right and then that probably segments down further there's the people in the drive-through and then there's the people eating in the restaurant and that might be a very different pattern that you find so they definitely exist and what you're looking for is you're looking for those broad stroke patterns right so you want like two or three buckets in your business not 20 then you've gone too deep right because you can't really practically have 20 tiers
0: right do you have like a recommended like sample size of like you know, I need if you get ten of these surveys back, is that enough to make a conclusion? Or do you think you need like a hundred or fifty? Is there kinda of like a minimum threshold?
1: Oh, that is a fantastic question. So If your audience size is small enough that you're getting 10 uh, responses back, definitely survey your audience, definitely do customer interviews. The beauty of it is when your business is that small, you can talk to anybody that'll talk to you. And that's fantastic. But at that point, I wouldn't necessarily worry about creating tiers. I'd be worried about using that product information in other ways, uh, in the customer information other ways, such as development of a product and figuring out who these people are so that you can create effective marketing that actually reaches them properly. But when you have 10 responses, I mean, trying to segment it, yeah, you could do it, but that's not where the big growth point is going to be for your business. It's going to be figure out who these people are, figure out how to make an amazing product for them that solves their problems, and figure out how to reach them. You could get too many responses as well. I mean, we've gotten situations where we've gotten thousands, and in which case we start taking samples and we don't go through literally every single response. But I mean, we're not afraid to look at 500 or a thousand responses if we can get them, and even if you can get like two or. 300, that's certainly valid and can tell you a lot.
0: Yeah. And one last quick point, I think it's important for people to remember that surveys are are good. There's obviously flaws to any survey and it's, it's easy. It's easier for you as a site owner to do a survey than it is to get on the phone and talk to somebody. And so, and some people are also shy about that or just not as comfortable. And so they, you know, they kind of look for reasons not to get on the phone with customers or not get on a zoom call. And I, you know, I strongly advise against that. There is, Definitely a lot of qualitative feedback, and there's just nuances to people's body language, and the way they say things. Uh, when you're even if you're asking the exact same questions that are on the survey, just to hear them say it will give you different feedback than just reading it as text in, in an Excel sheet. So just something to keep in mind that if you're one of those people that has a natural aversion to getting on the phone, you got to kind of fight past that. You're, you're not. I, I don't know of any business that's been successful that has only done surveys and never actually speaks to people on the phone or through.
1: Yeah, it's a completely different level of detail, right? Someone might give you a one or two sentence answer in a survey, but you get them on the phone. First of all, they're way more likely to tell you more. But then the beauty of this is you can always ask why. And that's the most powerful question in the world. And you can ask it several times and then you can finally dig into what the real reasons are. For example, they maybe they joined your site because you have a gardening site and they want to learn how to build a better garden? And that's what they answer in the survey. And then we go and get them on the phone and then we can ask them, well, why do you want to build a better garden? And that's really where their big value is because then suddenly you realize okay what does the garden mean to them do they want to do it because their parents and grandparents have gardened and this is you know just what their family does is it because they're trying to grow organic food for their family is it because they want a really pretty landscape and have lots of flowers and bees and everything there's a lot of reasons people get into it and when you dig deep enough and you get the real answers then you can make the product and the marketing that just speaks to exactly that problem.
0: All right, Matt, thanks for taking time to talk with us. We really appreciate it. Uh, Would you like to share any resources or recommendation for folks that are trying to learn more about Tilted Pixel?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, just go to our website, tiltedpixel.com. And right there on the homepage in the footer, you can find our newsletter, you can subscribe there, you'll immediately get a few lessons on optimizing your membership site. And we also periodically send out more information, more ideas on how you can grow your membership site. And of course, if you want to work with us, then that's the same resource, tiltedpixel.com. Get in touch and let's see if we're a fit.
0: Excellent. And I just want to really uh, throw my hat behind uh, Matt here for folks to definitely reach out. They definitely know what they're talking about and they can definitely help you uh, scale up your membership. So thanks again, Matt.
1: Thanks so much, Ward.
0: If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review. There's a direct link in the show notes. We really appreciate it. Learn more at memberspace.com.